0: <laughs> all right. Thank you. We're back with another um, episode of the 3% show. I'm your host, Jay Davis. Sitting in, we have my special guest today, somebody that I know, adore, and has truly set a foundation of good people in Houston, Texas, since I moved here. We have Miss Already. How you Already. All right. All right. Well, here, I'll break it down. The reason why it's called the 3% show, is because I have a quote that I live by and and pretty much believing in people will show you 97% of their truth, but the 3% of the truth that they don't tell you holds unspoken power in their life. So that means that it can be the worst thing. It can be the best thing. It can be the thing that drives you and, and gets you to the point where you are now. So without further ado, I am so honored, so privileged to have you on my show uh, for once you were one of my first friends that I've met when I moved to Houston. You kept it 1000 with me. You tagged me brown man when we met at the
1: <laughs> <costume>. <laughs> Wait a minute, you cannot skip over that story. You have to tell them why you were called brown man. Do you remember why you were called brown man?
0: I was in Neo Soul back then. Don't blame me. I was
1: Listen. No, I I I, I refuse to blame Neo Soul for that. <laughs> uh, uh listen internet world what happened was this was years ago i don't remember how many years ago it was but um it was halloween night
2: uh-huh. and so
1: my my friend and i we decided we were going to go bar hopping and i was batwoman and she was i think supergirl and mm-hmm. we go to this club and
0: uh, what their ward
2: this
1: yes Thank which is now what, what do they call it now the museum district they okay. call it the museum district, on know, the bro. other side yeah uh-huh. it's on the other side of 288. right and uh there's two tall gentlemen standing over there there's one that's uh nice and chocolate and then there's one that's an oatmeal pie brown okay and not only is this man and his complexion is oatmeal pie brown This brother has on an oatmeal pie brown shirt. This brother has on an oatmeal pie brown pants. This brother has on an oatmeal pie brown shoe, a belt, a hood. Like this man was brown literally from head to toe. So I stepped to him and was like, what's up, brown man? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how it was. I this is, wait, I, wait. If I'm not mistaken, didn't your friend have like a note on his chest or something?
0: He did. I Do you remember what, what the note said. said? I forgot what the note said.
1: Damn it! It was clever though. It was really clever. I don't well, remember. He had
0: his it. phone number on there or something.
1: No, no. It wasn't a phone number. It was something way clever than that. To
2: mm-hmm. so where you
1: were like, oh, "Oh, look, okay, okay, dude, you, you know." But it was, it was funny. It was really clever. But there was nothing more funnier than Brown Man
0: why well, you ain't got no friends right now so <laughs> as you can tell we got history and uh like i said I'm, I'm very proud of her because she's moved from houston to pursue comedy writing hosting she has her own podcast series on spotify I'll let her get into that a little bit more a little bit um number one thank you for appearing on the show my pleasure i needed that, I needed that. um Number one, I want to ask you is as, is a human being, but even more in the entertainment business as a comedian, how are you doing during COVID? Like, I've watched people like Kevin on stage and more host different things viral. I've seen people still do shows with limited um, audiences. What kind of a space is it putting you in in a creative mind flow?
1: Well, you know what? It's kind of. <laughs> Between COVID and myself, I've kind of furloughed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, things have shut down. Clubs are operating different. Your your pay is different. You know, your capacity of performance is different. So everything is different. Yes, there are those online platforms, but, you know, I'm a comedian. I operate off of energy and, you know, it's it's hard for me to do a Zoom show. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's just hard because <laughs> that laughter kind of fuels your fire. You know what right. I'm saying? So excuse me. So just to uh, just to run my jokes off and don't hear anything, you know, I, I don't. I don't know what's happening, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna just keep going. I'm gonna keep
0: going. And I can understand that because you can't tell if you're bombing on a joke, which I'm sure that you don't (laughs) many times, or if people are really into it and how to elaborate on it just to keep you to laugh going.
1: Right, even if someone isn't laughing, you can still see their facial, whether they're mean mugging you, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. you can direct that energy to them. You know, it's, energy is contagious. So um, like I said, since, since March, I think I've performed three times. Really? Um, and yeah, they were this summer uh, and I realized I wasn't ready. Like, you know, just the whole having to be extra precautious, you know what I'm saying? And here it is, I'm amongst co-workers slash friends and I can't greet them. I gotta talk to them through a mask. I gotta, you know what I'm saying? So the whole energy is off for me. You know? I don't
0: I don't think people realize it's, and it's no different than when you have family and friends, like, mm-hmm. I've been around comedians and y'all love on each other y'all laugh y'all joke y'all play pranks so it's really an intimate right. it's an intimate circle it's like a fraternal circle within comedians depending on how good you are or not or who you going to set up but I I can understand the the not being able to just be yourself and just laugh right. without feeling weird
1: Right I did I went to open mic last night that was like my first open mic in forever it went. It went good. I wasn't gonna perform, but then you know the host was kind of like, "Please, you know, you know, you're here. Just you know." Good so man. I was like, "Okay." And um, you know, it was really rejuvenating, you know. But I'm, but here it is. I operate in a profession that requires the public. So here it is. After the show, people want to talk to you, but all I can think about is you too close. Right. You know, I got to have a conversation with you with my mask on. You know, it's just a whole different. I'm used to being able to smoke a blunt after we perform. I don't want to smoke after the <laughs> You know? And even though they say fire kills COVID, I'm not trying to find out with my joints. Okay. Like, no, bro, you smoke
0: your joint. I'm going to smoke mine. We're good. And that was here in Houston, right? Mm hmm. Okay. So keeping that in mind. say
1: Carrington's comedy Tuesday
0: night. Karen. It's comedy yes. night. Okay, I'm gonna have to check it out. See who's funny. Who's funny?
1: Eight to ten thirty.
0: Eight to ten thirty. Eight to ten thirty. Shout
1: out to Cliff too. That's the host.
0: All right, Cliff too. I'm not even gonna say, but I, I can understand the Cliff. This is my question for you. Where are you originally from? Because a lot of people that start in one state and city never been uh-huh. route. So where are you originally from?
1: I'm originally from my mama and daddy. Okay.
0: Um, uh, balls. Huh? Huh? Okay, your mom and daddy, what else?
1: <laughs> nah, I'm originally from my mom, you know, I I I originated in my daddy's sack, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, that was a Louisiana sack, you know.
2: Um, and so then you- <laughs>
1: um, you know, I I got transplanted into my mom's uh womb in Houston from Houston. So, you uh-huh. know. I I, I I claim myself as a Louisiana Texan, you know, and mm-hmm. I pride that you know we call ourselves Latex, so you know. But the streets of H Town raised raised me. I'm not, I'm not allergic
0: to-, to Latex. I can dig it. I can dig it. So being in Houston, <laughs> Texas, how was it for you growing up just in the era? I'm not going to say your age, but. I'm proud, baby.
1: I'm proud to be that 1978 baby,
0: but we had class, baby. We're like, we're like, how was it growing up in Houston, Texas at that time? Because a lot of people um, would think of Houston, Texas and think of things like Kappa Beach or maybe um, Galveston where they have Juneteenth and more, but what was the feeling at that time of growing up in Houston, Texas being Black in Texas?
1: Um... You know, it, I didn't realize the difference in being Black in America until I moved to the Midwest. Really? Like, like everything, like Northern, it just, it's a different type of freedom. You know what I'm saying? I feel like growing up in the South, we had to coddle a lot of people because, you know, it's white people. So we had to coddle a lot of them. And in doing so, we had to kind of, I ain't gonna say we had to kiss ass but we had to put on our white folks' face. You know what cold I'm saying,
0: cold right? Kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know, we had to do all that. So like, you know, going up north and being amongst uh, a different breed of black folks, like I'm like, oh my god. You know, growing up in the south in Houston, you know, like it was the thing was to have a perm. It was to have a relaxer in your hair. All my girlfriends in the Midwest never had a relaxer. They all got natural hair. I'm like, damn. You know, I felt like. Growing up in Texas, I have even though I got my ratchetness, but I have my conservativeness about myself. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I take pride on my Southern Belle, even though that bitch is grimy, but I take pride in her.
0: So are we talking Southern Belle like Jason's lyric Southern Belle because that's
1: hell. That was not Southern. That's Belle. the first I time I ever saw Houston. And I said
0: I ain't never been nowhere before. I'm like, <laughs> what the? F-?
1: I just die for a nigga to wash these feet.
0: Hey, I went to this is it. <laughs> That was my shit. I wanted to go <laughs> so bad to taste that food.
1: And this uh, is it. Still the bomb. I don't know if they're open. I ha- Since I've been back, I haven't been. But baby, I used to go in there and get them oxtails. I went on a- mm.
0: one time. And it's yeah. funny you say that because I am from the Midwest and it was kind of a culture shock moving to the South. <clears throat> Just seeing how, especially Houston, is such a beautiful place to live. I would recommend if the old saying, if you can't make it in New York, you can't make it anywhere. I feel like if you can't make it in Houston, you cannot make it anywhere because it's so inviting. And it was a difference between the locals as far as the yeah. North Houston and South Houston and people saying, I ain't never been that way before versus the people that have moved here for jobs, being from Atlanta, New York, everything. So yes. on one thing you got that Houston vibe, which I always say, man, y'all walk and talk slow. Y'all just chill.
1: Yes, baby, that's how you do slow boogie.
0: Oh lord, with them chariot wheels, I'll be nervous on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: living in the Midwest, like that was a different speed for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I literally felt like I was on fast forward all the time. So I was like, I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go no faster than this. You know, like even walking, like in Chicago, that's the culture. You walk everywhere. You walk, you ride for bikes. The purpose. Right. People very rarely drive. They catch all the CTAs and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. being moving there and coming from Houston, where I've been driving since I was 15, and then to go to Chicago and you don't need a car and you walk everywhere, baby. These stars was rubbing together all over Chicago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. i'm not used to you know it, it's so hot here i'll drive to the end of the driveway to get the mail you know what i'm saying but in <sighs> chicago when the weather is good you want nothing but to be outside so i just noticed the difference in the in the whole culture in from the speed no matter how fast i thought i was walking it was some motherfuckers walking faster than me and i'm just like how?
0: cold as shit outside this ain't the south <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went to church with a full suit on the first time I came. By prayer, I was taking that movie off. I was like, look, this ain't the vision. I am sweating. And they're going to think that I'm hiding something in church when <laughs> Aver- they
1: That's hilarious, though. You know, that's hilarious. People be underestimating how we heat out here. Like,
0: they it really is.
2: underestimate
0: it. And I've, so. I've never experienced anything like it, where when you go to the mailbox, your ice is melted in your cup. I've never seen anything like it. I'm-
1: you go to the mailbox, you come back looking like you just ran in two miles.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But
1: I will tell you this, baby. I will never, uh uh-huh. ever in my uh-huh. life take for granted the heat, the sun, the humidity. I'm telling you, in Chicago, without having heat, the sun, and humidity, I was the most depressed, ashiest. <laughs> 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 you don't realize like i never realized how important vitamin d as in terms of the sun is
2: oh okay In
1: Chicago, the sun disappears for months weeks at a time it literally looks like on on the lion king you remember when mufasa died and the pride lands was just black
2: <laughs> yes. that's
1: what chicago looks like in the winter just imagine nine months of that eight months of that you know
2: Not what i'm
1: saying like, that, yo in chicago the daylight saving starts in what september you know they, we have daylight savings in september right yes. so in september august september it starts getting dark like today the sun will probably set at about 4 15 the sun will go down by 4 15
0: you know what i've had enough about this southern this this <laughs> cultural shock. i feel like it's light skin versus dark skin north versus south yeah. it's a bull i got
1: PTSD, yo, from, from going from the south to the north. I know where I'm I know where I'm celebrated and I know where I wanted, baby. And that's down here for these southern.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. At what point in your life, like, um, tell me about the kind of kid that you were growing up, and then at what point did comedy introduce itself into your life? At what point did you have that light bulb moment, like, oh. I'm kind of good at this, or was it a reasoning, or what happened? Could you seem, um, You seem like you're hilarious already?
1: I mean, no pun intended, but already. Um, well absolutely a pun intended. But as a kid, I, you know it's so funny because I have always considered myself to be shy, but others don't consider me to be shy. like'll
0: we'll agree with you, you know 1,000 percent. <laughs> but right.
1: I feel like you know, you know, growing up, I was a, a oversized kid. You know, it's different when you're an oversized boy, but when you're an oversized girl, you know, you you gotta handle yourself differently. Your mama. You can't be jumping around. My mama used to always tell me to sit my big ass down all the time. I just remember being a big ass, sit your big ass down. You can't be jumping around and not doing all that ignorance. shit. You too big for that. You know what I'm saying? So I always felt like I had to make myself small. You know what I'm saying? But I've always known I was silly and goofy. I've always known that. Just like, I just remember as a kid, like different things, you know, being able to recant old stories and tell them to where it was a sad situation, but my recollection is different, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was just, you know, I was I was kind of quiet because of my size, but my size was such a presence that people automatically deem me as being, you know, like a vibrant person, you know what I'm saying? So even as an adult, I still be kind of like, they be like, bitch, quit acting shy, you ain't shy. I am like, for real. I'm not shy because y'all make me act a damn fool. If it was up to me, I would be chilling. Right, And I agree
0: with you. I agree with you because I'm the same way. People don't realize that I'm a shy person. I would rather make other people laugh to deflect away from my truths and being able to communicate with some people. So I can embarrass the shit out of myself. Yeah. karaoke, with comedy, with laughing and joking. But it's really because my life, being tall, skinny, and I was ashy. I mean, Adam's apple, ashy. My hair (laughs) used to look like Plinko on a Price is Right all day (laughs) until I got a haircut. But it was simply because that was my my coping mechanism because I didn't want to be seen or I didn't want attention because the attention that I would get would make me feel different. So I understand where you're coming from. And I think for a young lady back then as far as curves and size you know parents had a different way of trying to express love to them no 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 no. Themselves. there was no
1: expression of love my my mom didn't my parents no there was no they had they they just didn't know how to mm, i wouldn't call it expression of love i just think they just they just didn't know how you know what i'm saying like i Cause I think my mama just didn't know how, how to say nice things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know like being an aunt, an auntie, I express to my nieces all the time, telling them you're beautiful. You're such a pretty girl. I don't ever recall any of my family ever saying that to me, even, you know,
0: it's the way you are with your nieces. Well, at least how you feel about them and all. And that's the thing, especially woman to woman. That's, that's truly important to me. Because Absolutely. We've gotten away from talking and texture, many communicating with each other and loving on each other, being able to put our arms around and actually want to be there in the moment as opposed to just being on social media and making Facebook collages talking about I love you. Right. Difference when you genuinely feel that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving forward to this comedian thing, what was your breaking point that made you say, hey, I'm going to jump out here. I'm going to do this. What triggered? Was it a drunk night? Was it a, a, a highly intoxicated and a high night? Or was it just you? You were just like, it's my time.
2: Um, no,
1: you know what actually happened? My brother-in-law, his best friend, was doing stand-up comedy. Like, this was, this was like the first person I've ever met, like, you know, personally, that was actually being a comedian.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we were all like hanging out one night. This is before my brother and my sister were married, so they were just dating. But we were all just hanging out, drinking, talking. And like, I just had him cracking up laughing, you know? And I'm just telling, you know, you just talk and you're just telling right. stories and just, you know, ad-libbing on some sheets and vibing, right, just having a good time. Well, you know, he invited us to his next show. Well, I get to the show and he's telling my stories. What? On stage. Like, you know, but he's telling it like from his point of view, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um he was he he was he was talking about the situation and he was talking of you know how you would like, you know, you ever have that one friend that boom, 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 And then they tell everything the sequence that what happened. So Black that's kind of how he like told,
2: mm-hmm. right. You know you what I'm saying? So that's like kind of how he told the,
1: <laughs> right. So that's kind of how he told the story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when he saw me in the audience, he did like an awkward pose. Like he kind of like, oh shit, she's here, you know, type of situation. Um, I- it, w- it didn't go over as well, I think it's because it was being told from a different perspective of a person. Mm-hmm. So my sister was like, you can do this. This nigga just took your words and tried to, you know, make his own story and it didn't work for him because it's not him. It's not coming right. from him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my sister was just like, I think you should try it. I think you should try it. And I was just like, nah, I'm not gonna, you know, like I, I wouldn't know what to say, you know? And then she was like, fuck it, we're going to just do it. You know? So we went to, it was at the last spot. No, last stop, which was over at, um, like, uh, what is that called? Like Allen Parkway area, that's where it used to be. And um, over off of Wa. And um, I went there for open mic night and they had canceled it that night. <laughs> so I was like, woo, thank you, Lord, I wasn't ready. I went back the next week with the same outfit on, the same wig on and uh, <laughs> and marked it. You know what I'm saying? I just got up there and I talked for like three to five minutes. I just talked about uh, my first set. I remember talking about uh, being unemployed, being on unemployment, you know, and being at home. And this is when reality TV was really starting to pop off. You know, this mm-hmm. is 11 years ago.
0: So growing in the real world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I was talking about mere shit like meerkat Manor, watching a reality show about the the, wild, the wildlife. Mm-hmm. This was what I talked about: John and Kate plus eight, Brett Michaels, Rock of Love. You know, just really just having an opinion on all of it, and that's really what what it was. And then after that night, the uh, club owner like pulled me to the side. He was like, he was like, you got this. You're raw. But you, you got this. You need to keep doing this. I see your potential, and I was like, "Wow, like okay." Hmm. So I just didn't know where to go from there. I just knew I liked that feeling of, of uh, feeling the gratitude from the audience. Right. I got a like. It was like a high that I've never experienced. And your girl didn't done, done some drugs. Now just play.
0: Come on now. <laughs> and, How high? Your,
1: your girl had been high, but you know. Absolutely. But performance, it's literally, I understand when Beyonce says it's an out-of-body experience. I understand Definitely. because it literally is. And I just enjoyed feeling that all the time. And it got to the point one day a week wasn't good enough. So I was hitting it five, six, seven days a week, like nonstop. Non- at one point, I was calling myself the Lil Wayne of comedy because I was jumping on everybody's show. You remember at one point, Wayne was on everybody's,
0: everybody's show.
1: That was me at one No point. whole
0: CD, but you was on everybody else's stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just making everybody, you know, everybody's show hot. You know, it wasn't that many black female comedians. Keisha Hunt was out, but she was in L.A. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a female comedian, these dudes was like, you know, they was, they was excited about me and. I, I got a lot of good feedback. Like they were willing to to work with me, so I appreciate. Shout out to Touche Jackson, R.I.P. Rest in peace, my brother. Shout out to Lebra, because he put me on my stage. And Rodney Yarbrough, Lebron, he put me on stage and got me my first paying gig. And I was just like,
0: and that's I something that it. I wanted to know about. How do you feel about not only being a female um, comedian in the industry, but except is especially with COVID going on because we're in a the cancel culture where mutant people were so sensitive when we grew up on way fowler comedians in the past. I right. think that this is a window for female comedians to walk through because males have been bashed on anything that they say. So, I thought Kevin Hart's last stand-up was funny because it was I, reality-based. It was funny. I, mm,
2: I fell funny asleep on me, it twice. I'm
0: not a huge Dave Chappelle fan-like. He says the obvious. So what do you feel about or how's your journey being um being a young lady in comedy? I mean, has it been
1: um, it's definitely um you experience the entertainment industry different as a woman because just imagine you're walking into a new job.
0: You got your superior. Oh, shit. Sh- where you walking at? I hear a siren.
1: Oh okay. shit.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, I mean, I live in look, my Airbnb
0: is in the hood. Brother got a conference. confrontation. I thought it was Erica Badu playing. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Danger. Right. <laughs> um, you just experience it different because you got all these different angles. You're trying to be the performer,
2: mm-hmm. you're
1: trying to, you know, make an impression. You're trying not to get fucked on because that's that's the first thing they do. You know, comedians have a lot of personality, you know, mm-hmm. especially the fellas. You know what I'm saying? They got a lot of personality. And women, we dig shit like that. So, right. you know, they trying to sleep with you, they trying to, you know, claim they helping you, you know. So you kind of
0: gotta watch out them big brothers in the game.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. You got
0: you you
1: gotta be on edge on everything as much as you wanna be. Um, excited about your opportunity you have to be cautious as well you know but so um I've enjoyed my time you know what I'm saying I've been blessed to be able to hold my statue you know what I'm saying and, and, and for
0: a long time so since I've been here and I've been here almost 10 years and I've heard so- about you
1: yeah, 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 man. I appreciate that, you know. So, I mean, the industry is definitely different for women. I applaud all the women that are getting their opportunities. When it comes to that canceled culture, I mean, we live in a like, like you said, we're in very sensitive times for whatever reason. I don't even understand where we got like. When did it right. get this I'm bad? On that. But you know, what I'm saying like, you not I'm not gonna allow myself to be censored you know what i'm saying i be thinking about all the podcasts and shit i've done over covid i was like if i ever make it these motherfuckers gonna cancel me before I make it. but <laughs> be digging it's in the crate. how i feel it's how i feel and i have the right to feel the way that i feel you know what i'm saying and everybody doesn't agree with you you know what i'm saying at the end of the day you know it's all just jokes we just serious you know
0: and that's the thing about it. Like, for me, if anybody knows me, music, food, and comedy has been my life, like forever. And I grew up watching Richard Little to Bob. I was the only kid in the projects watching Bob Newhart and finding <laughs> it funny, as well as Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. So for me, it's almost like comedy is either comedy or you're doing comedy for the culture. And I find it hard because I don't rock with a lot of comedians I heard. Like a friend back home, Bobby J, love his comedy. He's in your face. He's blunt about it. He's unapologetic. I love things like that. And that leads me to when me and you had a conversation about Richard Pryor. When I mentioned Richard Pryor, you do not think that he's the funniest comedian that ever walked. I know.
1: You know what? I, um... <sighs> I don't know i've just seen a the, the couple of like stand-ups that i've seen and i remember watching the first time ever watching richard Pryor. it was so funny because i was on a date in a car and the nigga had you know this is back when niggas used to put screens in their car
0: oh you had so, a baller
1: <laughs> i mean you know
0: <laughs> back but, um, the, had, let's kick an episode go ahead
1: right here. so you know we had the date was over we were sitting in the car in my in the parking lot of my Uh, apartments and I didn't really want to invite him upstairs but you know neither one of us was ready for the date to end so he was like you know I got Richard Pryor and uh I was like okay I've never seen a Richard Pryor and he was like what so we sitting there smoking in the car you know watching this Richard Pryor and I thought it was hilarious like I was crying laughing I woke up the next day saying I want to see that again so I hit up buddy and I was like, "Hey, can I borrow your Richard Pryor DVD?" And he was like, "Yeah, I watched it again." And I was like, "I don't remember what that weed must have been good."
0: Oh my. Okay.
1: God. I just didn't grab it, you know what I'm saying? And then I watched a different stand-up and I was still like
0: So You know who, what
1: I'm saying? Like,
2: who, who do you consider
0: <laughs> because you were thrown into the comedy game on your own will, by your own standards, according to you just being able to get up and talk. Who would you say would be funny in the community atmosphere? I mean, who would you rock with? Who would you enjoy seeing, or you enjoy watching, if anybody?
2: I still
1: enjoy my my greats, you know what I'm saying? I still enjoy seeing that, I watch it, huh?
0: Who do you consider the great?
1: my greats is Sinbad
0: like I
1: have loved him since before I was doing comedy like he's like one of the very first comedians that I've ever experienced like you know like growing up watching stand-up comedy like Right next to Eddie, I take that back, Eddie Murphy was first, I remember being a kid watching, sneaking and watching that and laughing my ass off mm-hmm. and I didn't even know why I was laughing, I'm a fucking kid, you know, like <laughs> you
0: just knew it was remember, something you ain't supposed to do and boy when exactly, you know,
1: so it, Eddie Murphy definitely w- was like the first, but once I got a hold of Sinbad, I was, you know, he used to make my dad laugh and my dad's not much of a laugh. But my dad used to cry, laughing, watching Sinbad.
2: Don't you I'm a watch big away from me.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Sinbad was, you know, I yes. strive to be that way. Like, you know, I, I use profanity and I'm still vulgar, you know. I just, you know, I haven't gotten my life right with Christ yet. I've tried five times, but you know, I'ma keep I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. <laughs> keep trying but you know it's hard to break a habit or whatever so right. you know i love damon wayans like he's right, like Daniel. i love the whole Keenan, the whole wayans family except sean like sean never M- sw1 I- never did it for me was he a know? real d
0: de- i, I like, was sw1 a real dj that's what i've always wanted to know can sean spin? Right.
1: I don't know. He might have just been up there bullshitting, but that was his initial
0: job. Gave him a job yeah. and ran with it.
1: Yeah. If that's the case, I mean you would think with COVID times he would be out here trying to get a check DJing. Hell, every wow. rapper is a DJ now. Stupid to DJ. Is
0: DJing.
1: Shaq <laughs> is a DJ. Shaq does EDM music. He's hey. seven feet tall, jumping up and down.
0: Hey, I love EDM. Don't, 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 don't play. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. It helps me get my steps in. I'm to the age where I go to the mall <laughs> at the Galleria and I'm walking in lime fuchsia shorts. I'm out there walking. <laughs> they, my better be, they
1: better be past your knee, damn it.
0: Damn it. They be watching me on every camera I'm talking about who's this black dude walking with these old ladies. He gonna grab a purse. I'm gonna
1: come I'm meet you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come meet you at the mall and
0: walk yeah. with you. Come on down. I'll be there. I'm trying to get these steps
1: in. Nah, you gonna be mad at me? I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna catch you up. I'm gonna catch up with you after I stop at Cinnabon. Hmm. Annie's,
0: <laughs> Annie's pretzels.
1: <laughs> get me a win, a wiener schnitzel. Oh, so <laughs> go
0: look. ahead, let
1: me get this lemonade and wiener schnitzel.
0: I cannot leave without you telling me about your series on Spotify. And I'll really explain it because when you told me, I was laughing in right. that particular time tell me about your venture. Tell me about your Spotify venture. Tell me just about what you have going on, but truly tell me about the garden. Well, I'll let you say it. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, the name of my podcast is Confessions of a Garden Tool.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um,
1: and, you know, when people hear that, you know, they automatically think, you know, garden tool equals the hoe. And I always explain to people, it's not that simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, the garden tool is not a hoe. The garden, the, the hoe is the 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 interaction. Uh-huh. So I explain it as the woman naturally is the garden, you know? The fella is the tool because he has the the
0: tool. So are you calling the fella the hoe? No,
1: no, no. Okay. It doesn't become a hoe until they get together. Mm. So the woman is the garden. The man is the is the tool when they get together? It's a hoe.
0: It's holistically.
1: Right, because you Hol- think about it, you can't, you can't hoe a garden. Can't hoe by itself, <laughs> and a a a garden tool can't hoe by itself. It'll just be laying there. It has to get with the garden in order to be considered the hoe.
0: So, what's some of your stories? Give me just a little bit of this scenario that's on Spotify.
1: And I'm you know, so proud these, of you
0: for being on Spotify for well, real. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Um, these stories are just uh, well, well, actually how you know, these are actually stand-up bits. These are jokes that I tell on stage in snippets. You know, when you're on stage, you only can you got so much time. So yeah. these are uh the condensed jokes told in a storytelling format. So the jokes are usually <laughs> some type of awkward sexual experience mm. or like a crazy sexual encounter. Um, yep. You know, like my episodes stem from talking about having sex with a man who used a penis pump, um, oh. having sex with a man because, you know, just different. You know what, you gotta tune into Garden Tool. You gotta just tune into these stories. It's just me story explaining uh, just different encounters I mean if you think about it I'm pretty sure there's been a time you've had sex with someone and something awkward has happened
2: yeah
1: I mean I have a um, I mean you know I another snippet I have an episode of trying to perform uh the swallowing act for the first time and it didn't really? go over so well
0: it didn't go over so well uh-huh uh-huh Mm-hmm. What we had, we, that? i'm going to that what episode Yes, was
1: please please do please do so you know we i i i i've uh i haven't um I'm, I'm getting them edited to to go up but you know i've had a couple of other comedians on and we've discussed uh you know garden tooling we've discussed you know just different mm-hmm. antics being of, you know just being in an adult intimate setting
0: absolutely being from the midwest and moving to the south where it's kind of Structured and old school. Some of the things that I've experienced have when I bring it here, it's just like what. And the only way that it breaks is when they get on social media and and find out different words and platforms and like I miss the old days when everybody wasn't a squirter. I just damn. That's like the goal. Everybody, everybody's a squirter. I remember when it was sacred. Now everybody just lemonade everywhere i'm like well, you head.
2: know
1: he say i miss the days when everybody right i missed the i missed those days when dudes wasn't trying to make you squirt it's like sir stop it look <laughs> like, listen if you want me to pee on you sir just say that just say that <laughs> shit because that's all we were just talking about this last night a squirt, <laughs> i don't give a fuck what nobody say a squirt is a pee that a bitch can't hold no more that's why it shoot out like that. You know what I'm saying? It's being forced out. You've been, you've been trying to hold your pee. Because a lot of times I'm pretty sure if a woman's about to squirt, they feel like they're gonna pee. That's at least that's what happened with me. I thought I was gonna pee. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna pee on myself. He was like, no, you're not. Bam, bam, bam. And next thing you know, it was just whatever.
0: It's it's gold, so it's like a first place trophy. It's it's stroking a man's ego. Listen until until that until he has to wash the sheets or he got to go to wash the interior. Then that's my
1: point exactly. I don't want to be in compromising positions where I got to clean up. Squirting is not done at home. Squirting is motel hotel action. Okay,
0: for two hours. Some place where where somebody
1: else gonna clean it up.
0: With the mirrors on the top and the mirrors on the side, that the vibrating
1: bed. That's where you squirt. You don't (laughs) squirt on your good Macy's comforter. You don't squirt on Egyptian sheets. That's not what you do. Okay.
0: I'm
1: saying, I already be bad if a nigga get nut on my comforter. Bitch, what? Are you serious? (laughs) What was wrong with cupping your hand and catching that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Don't Uh nut on my goddamn comforter.
0: (laughs) So let me, okay, okay. Let me ask you this. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> confessions of a garden Tool, y'all
0: How about that with all this going on and i'm bringing it back to the three percent portion in your life what do you consider your three percent as far as what got you to be on a show like this what made you who you are when did you come become um to realize the realization that miss already i'm comfortable in my skin because we talked about growing up uh, when people want to shrink you more or or put you in a box or tell you, this is where you should be, this is the platform, this is how you should act versus other people pulling you and saying, this is your life because I feel like God blesses you with many talents and the world only wants you to have one. But Absolutely go with the one that the world is looking at, all of a sudden you're ostracized or you're like, I don't understand it. But if, if it works, it works, but when it doesn't, they have a tendency of treating you different. What what do you think your 3% of your truth would be throughout your journeys, Houston, Chicago, emotional and in personal? What advice would you give yourself or when did you decide to say I'm walking in my truth?
1: You know, it's crazy. At 42 years old, I still feel like I'm st- I'm still walking that path. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just recently I did. I came out to the world as bald. No homo. I'm not gay. You're
0: you a are fly.
2: You're a <laughs> fly.
0: You. I remember you told me a story, but all, you know, I'm an eyebrow fanatic. Your head, you're, you popping. You look like one of them Braxton sisters. Come on. Go ahead.
1: Look, I don't know how to feel about that one.
0: They fine. The, the one is fine. Tamar fine, but go ahead.
1: Oh my God. Taylor ain't got no booty. Tawanda is the fine one. She may not be
0: the best looker,
1: but she got the best body of them all.
0: Well, you know, I ain't a body person. I'm more eyebrows and head shape. Go ahead, (laughs) all. Okay. Well,
1: uh, because I smoke weed, I forgot the question.
0: What is your 3%? What is your truth that you realized from a kid to now? What inspired you to either crumble or what inspired you to be fierce and do what you do to be the best? miss already that you can be and present yourself. At what oh, point
1: okay. Right. Um, like I said, I'm still coming into my my truth. Um, me finally being able to be who I truly truly am and not hide behind um hairs. You know, they're really optional now. You know, once once you expose yourself in this light, you can't take it back. But um, you know, I just strive to to be a better me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a mother, but I do have nieces and nephews. I have godchildren. I strive to, you know, uh, provide them things I didn't have. Like, you know, like just a general type love situation. Um, and, you know, just being a support and trying to actually find out what their aspirations and dreams are and trying to push them to that and mm-hmm. not really be like our parents were. Our parents, we they were coming off of segregation and all that other stuff. So, Growing up in the 70s, I felt like black folks made their children either to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, or engineer, Absolutely. you know, those were the expected professions for um, for black folks, you know, to to be considered professionals, you know. So, you know, me, like, stepping out on faith and, and, and truly believing in myself and being mm-hmm. out here trying to, you know, share my talent with the world, I like to, you know, project that on the people. You know what I'm saying? You don't realize how much your journey affects other people.
2: Absolutely. And
1: being on social media, people see you in a light because you post what you want people to see. You post what people, you know, especially being an entertainer. I'm, I'm a private person, but I'm also an out there person, if that makes sense, you know? Absolutely. So for me to post private, personal information, that means I'm at peace with it. So, you know, I've just grown to understand like everything is done in time like in time like you can't rush it like I've struggled with alopecia for over 10 years and I've been wanting to do do this but I was afraid of being accepted but when you get to a point when you're like I don't care about acceptance Mm -hmm. you can move forward and I would like to I would have liked for somebody to tell my young self to accept myself you know what I'm saying? To accept who you are. And there's no telling who I could have been back then. There's no telling if I had been, you know,
0: that, and that's why- factor is that if it was projected back then, you would have been marveled. And you still right. are marveled, but you could be marveled now because you would have been ahead of your time if right. the correct influences Well, were I've always validated. been ahead of
1: my time. You I've have always
0: been. been. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. OK. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, I mean, I I, I truly understand that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: But, you know, my 3% revolves around God. Mm. It revolves around my family. And then, most importantly, it revolves around me. That's my my main don't. Nothing else matters but them three. You know what I'm saying? And I have to be on top of, you know, myself. I have to be on top of myself physically, health-wise, to be there for, you know god is blessing me to be here so i need to be doing what i need to do to please him you know what i'm saying i have to be here for my family they need me they expect me to be here my mm-hmm. friends and all so you know with it all you know those small that small little three percent is really it, you know is is pretty much my my, my all that other 97 shit doesn't <laughs> matter to me <laughs> it
2: really doesn't
0: absolutely it- and you know, it's, it's so important and that's why I said um, that 3% could be this, the things that people would be like, well, why didn't you leave with this in the beginning? I either would have been here or I would have bounced. And I think once you're comfortable with that 3% and, and know that it either devastates you or it encourages you to do more and be more, I think that's the clarity that a lot of people truly are searching for. Right. Because, listening to you talk and learning more about you, even with this is so inspiring because like I said, I think you're a beautiful person inside out. I cannot talk to you for a year or two years. And when I pick up the phone is what's up brown man. And we just start (laughs) talking more and more. And I've always saw the light inside of you. And it's one thing when people don't understand it, but you've always known your light. And that's why I commend you so much for leaving and then coming back because you know that if the time permits or when the time comes, you can leave again. And I think it's so important. And I love the way that you care for your nieces and nephews and how close you are with your sister. And for me, that was important because I wasn't seeing that when I first moved here and you've always kept it a buck with me. So I appreciate that. No matter what, like you are valued in my almost 10 years in Houston. You did that. That's why when I was like, I'm going to do this podcast because I've been talking about doing radio forever. Because when I was a kid in the third grade, I told my mom I wanted to be a stripper, a history teacher, Richard Pryor, or a DJ. I've done two of them. So to see somebody carry out that light that's from Texas that went to a cold state, Hmm. I know it's real. I know the blood still works.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny because... When I was a kid, my mom used to always ask us, what do we want to be when we grow up? And that's how I came to the presumption, like as an adult, coming off of, you know, my mom's generation, how they just want us to be those four or five generic things. Mm-hmm. My mom wanted me to be a nurse. She wanted my sister to be a lawyer. But every since my sister was a kid, my mom would ask, where do you want to be? I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. When I was a kid, I used to get a whipping all the time. Because she never liked my answers, I told her I wanted to be a cab driver. This nigga lost her shit. She was mad. You ain't no goddamn African. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) What does that have to do? I'm a kid. What does that have to do with me being a cab driver? You know what I'm saying? All it was was I saw an episode of Muppet Babies, and Kermit was the cab driver, and he drove an astronaut to the moon. And he made all this money. I was like, oh, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Guess what? Though? Fast forward, 2016 to 2020, I was a my own independent contractor with Lyft and Uber. Guess what? I was my really? own boss making my own money. I was not a cab driver, but I was in my own independent transportation. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like I made that happen. You know, it kind of manifested on its own, even though she told me, no, that's not what you want. You know what I'm saying? I told her I wanted to do radio. Are you kidding me? You got to know somebody to know somebody to tell somebody to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody. So guess what? I put that in the back of my head. Fast forward 20. What was that? 2010. I did my first Internet radio show with old grumpy radio. Fast forward. To 2016, I was I had a morning show with GMT Radio 90.3. I it manifests on its own, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so these are two things she told me I could not be, and I needed to be a nurse or a teacher or a doctor. And in in actuality, I am a teacher. I speak to the world. I motivate. Absolutely. I talk to people about everyday life. I talk to, I deal with people who have problems all the time. I I teach my ministry. And it's it's reciprocated, you know what I'm saying? And people receive it. So it's just funny. That's why I, to this day, my niece told me she wanted to be a goddamn dinosaur. Guess what? Let's get your dinosaur game up.
2: Hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't I don't, don't want to deter from you. you know what I'm saying? Like I want, I want, you know, if, if you think you can be a goddamn dinosaur, goddamn it, we're gonna get you a tail. We we need to practice your your sounds, how you walk.
0: Absolutely. I didn't
1: get that as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, my mama looked down on all my jobs. I I forgot I wanted to be an ice cream man. You ever get you ever gave an ice cream man a 20 for a 25 cent? That nigga had a what? I was like, I want to do that.
0: Well, you know, it was more than ice cream on there. It was some oh yeah. I remember (laughs) them days. Hey, as for this, I said, this shit ain't cold in my hand. Don't worry about it. Just bring it right to me. I thought all my uncles was doctors because they had little the little clamps from the hospital. I didn't know that was for the roaches. I didn't know. I thought they was all doctors. <laughs> but, oh my God. That's
1: hilarious. What,
0: I have enjoyed talking to you. Uh, thank you, you for having me, me. Tell you what, do you have any shout-outs? And please give your platforms where you are to the listeners. And you'll be able to send it to me. And I'm going to list that in the bio underneath this.
1: For sure, man. I definitely want to give a shout out to my city, to the city of Houston, Texas, baby. I'm back and better than ever. So let's get this 2021 and beyond popping. Follow me on social media. Miss already. M-S-A-L-R-E-A-D-Y. Miss already. Miss M-S. Because I'm a grown ass woman. No I-S-S. Because I ain't missing shit. Okay. Uh, also, don't forget, Confessions of a Garden Tool is now on Spotify. So you can, uh, you know, look that up and, you know, check out the episodes. You can follow us on Instagram, send us messages on Instagram, Confessions of a Garden Tool. You know, I, I want to hear other garden tool stories, you know what I'm saying? Because trust me, I, I realized I was a garden tool during the episode because I had a, a, a picture of eight different penis size and structures and oh, me and my foundation
0: guest,
1: man listen my guest and i and we talked about each penis and she was like shit i've only had two i was like well damn i've had all eight at least twice <laughs> i was <laughs> confessions <laughs> of a garden tool you know so tune in for these <laughs> stories you know i want to talk to the people you know what i'm saying i'm also accepting guests if you want to tell a, a story that happened to you and you know, we can we could definitely do this. I definitely need to have you on CJ. You over six feet tall. Every man that's over six feet tall got garden two stories.
0: Huh. huh. I'll be like y'all
1: get coochie just for being tall. Y'all ain't even got to be attractive. Small,
0: peen. small peen hashtag. Tell me this. Are you in collaboration with like anybody else or any great ventures or good people that you want to shout out? Also,
1: I mean, I'm I'm in collab with anybody who's willing to collab with me. I am Uh, actually I forgot I am now on uh, Kale's 92 radio uh, on Saturdays from 12 to two co-hosting with comedian Rodney Bigham Uh, it's called the comedy break so we do that on Tuesdays from I'm sorry on Saturdays from 12 to two on uh, 92 Kale's radio and that's about it you know I'm just I'm back in Houston now and I've been gone for years so the whole scene has changed
2: Absolutely. I went, Like
1: I said, I went to open mic last night and I was like, I don't know any of these people, you right. know what I'm saying? So now I have to re-network and, you know, and continue to grow my other, you know, ventures and things like that. So, uh, I also have a new business venture. I've teamed up with a personal trainer and he's doing discounted group trainings for me and, uh, eight of my friends. So, you know, you can hit me up on Facebook sure. under Nietzsche, 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 if you want to, if you're in H-Town and you want to do that. So our first one is going to be this Saturday. It's, you know, they're going to be $5 classes. It's just a, a one-time $15 registration fee, but every time after that, the class is only $5. So right now we'll be doing every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., 30, 45-minute workout for 5 bucks, man. Let's get this, this, uh, all these...
0: Take your time. Uh, Let them lead you. Let them lead you. Take your You time. know, like, I'm just saying, wait, you know,
2: wait, wait, I
1: struggle. Wait. Get it. I struggle as a as a 40 something year old woman with trying to stay fit. You know, the older you get, you have to exercise. You have Absolutely. to eat. i
0: 45. I do not look the same as when I first touched down. Chachos is in the. <laughs> yeah, I'm so you glad Chachos the is closed on the inside. You. It's saving my life.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, shit, like, you know, it's, it's, it's always easier to do things as a group. So, you know, we, I got already fitness coming out. You know what I'm saying? Already fun fitness. She, CJ, you should come out and try a class, man. I know, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about
2: it. But Absolutely.
1: yeah, man, I'm definitely excited about that. So
0: well, y'all just stay
1: prayed up, stay blessed. I appreciate each and every one of y'all, CJ. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: I wouldn't have it any other way. You are a pillar in, you know, I don't Jeff too many people and you know, I'm an asshole by nature. You
2: are,
0: but <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. You know what, he says that CJ, you have never been an asshole to me.
2: Like, you, never
0: did. you, know, it's you may too much sometimes you've know you never
1: do. been an asshole.
0: But I mean, I consider you a gem of Houston. Like I would consider like Marianne Echo, you, uh, the Hue rapping, um, Joey and them doing comedy. DJ Good Grief. I mean, y'all all are foundational parts. Good Grief. Good grief I ain't
1: heard that name in a long ass time.
0: When I heard him spin at Carol's before the Little Wayne Gremlins came in, I was like, who is this white dude?
1: <laughs> That's what happened before they turn. They add water at Carol's. Once they add water, uh, ain't no telling well, what they the have about the come oh. through the
0: door. <laughs> 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 but hey, I love you. I appreciate your time. Again, I'm going to put all her information inside the link below. Uh, I will send it to this young lady. She can share it whoever she wants to. I truly appreciate you. Your eyebrows are magnificent, and you're killing the game. Um, I appreciate
1: appreciate you. you. I just just want to say to everybody that's watching, um, this eyebrow was drawn on before I started smoking my blunt, and then I got high and drew this one on. I look like I had a stroke on this eyebrow, but
2: it's cool. You're
0: it's cool. I, I her, hey, y'all, I gave her 30 more minutes. I reset the the, the time to start. She was I talking about, oh, let me get my un- ring together. In 30
1: minutes. I wasn't going to get unhigh in 30 minutes. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, peace and blessings to you. Yes, yeah, you too. I'm Thank happy.
1: you. Y'all have a good one. Don't forget, Miss Already Confessions of a Garden 2. Mm. Spotify. Mwah.